All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Great Iron Zero's podcast. Saddle down! It's episode 79, and it's a good one. Uh, we have the Redemption Arc, who, uh, what players we think uh, are going to be uh, entering the Redemption era this, uh, this upcoming season, uh, followed by AFC and NFC record predictions, our second week uh, of going through each division and predicting records. AFC East and NFC East this week. Yep. Did I say that? Nope. Did I say something else? Nope. You just said NFC and AFC. <laughs> without a, without a division in our division record predictions, so I thought I'd just fill in the gaps. I'm really dropping the ball with that segment today. We we had a, we had a big big tease of some Lions news on Twitter and live during the show. We found out what the news was, and uh, Lucas was a little deflated after it. So uh, it's, it's carrying it, over into the intro. I was expecting it to be a lot bigger than what it ended up being. Um, so. It was, uh, Stay tuned for what the news is, if you don't already yeah. know. Anything else? Uh, yeah, we get into the freaking preseason preview for the Lions. <sighs> and uh, it's good. It's Everything's good. Lions fans, that's all right. Could have been talking about Chase Young, but instead we talk about somebody else. Um, all right, let's get into the show. Okay, Al, the season is officially underway. Uh, we had our first preseason game this past Thursday night between the Browns and the Jets. Uh, did you watch any of it? I uh, I watched the, the recap. Uh, I didn't even finish all that because it's kind of a snoozer, to be honest. But uh, It's more than I can say. Uh, my extent was Twitter clips, uh, and I feel like I didn't even see that many of those. So, yeah, it must have been a real snoozer. Well, I watched for my boy uh, Kellen Mond, obviously, uh, and uh, he looked he, didn't do too good. he looked not very good. Uh, the backup, the rookie, Tom, Thompson Robinson? Robinson? Yeah, Dorian, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah, he had a pretty good game. Yeah, I think it's looking like he'll – Win the backup job. That QB2 spot, interesting. I will say just real quick before we move on, kind of interestingly linked to our first segment here. This guy could be on a list, but Zach Wilson kind of had a nice game. Yeah. He's got a lot of positive buzz after the game, and it sounds like he's been handling himself in uh, in camp the right way. And not. uh, I think he's very aware of his situation, and I think he's just – trying to make sure that this is not the end of his NFL career at this point. And uh, so far, so good. I don't, I don't know if he'll ever start for the Jets again, but he's uh, he's working his way to get another shot. So He probably won't be on the list because I feel like it's got to be players that are going to play this year. He's not on mine. And so. uh, for him to play this year, Rodgers would have to go down. But I will say I wouldn't rule out him starting for the Jets again just because Rodgers probably only has a year or two left. Right. Who fucking knows with him? I guess he could keep playing. But you can't do this to me. I mean, I guess he could play into Bray's time, but I don't see him doing that. I feel like he exudes uh, his elderness a lot more than Brady does. So, uh, last week we did uh, breakout players. This week we're doing redemption players. Players who might have had a bad year, 
weren't in the headlines like they were once before, um, that are looking to have a bounce back season. Looking to fix their image a little bit. Yeah, redemption season. Right? I, I also wanted to say, uh, I do have one person on this list that I kind of wanted to expand it to someone outside of just a player. I do have a coach on my uh, list. Okay. So I might I might throw that in the mix as well. But uh, this is a kind of a... Brandon op- Staley. <laughs> no. Oh. No redemption for him. Uh, this is kind of just, yeah, an opposite version of inverse version, if you will, of our breakout, uh, segment. These are guys kind of on the other side of things where, uh, they need to redeem themselves. Uh, their image maybe isn't doing the best, so let's have a bounce back year. Yeah. Do you want to start off? Sure. I can start. Um, I have two wide receivers. I don't know if I want to use them both, but I'll start out with one. I think needs a lot more of a redemption season. That's Deontay Johnson. Uh, his stats, he played, uh, two full seasons. So I think, or no, he missed one game in 2021. He played all 17 in 2022. I'll read 2021 and then I'll read 2022 in terms of these stats. Right. So in in 2021, he had 107 catches in 2022, he had 86. So roughly a a 21 catch drop off. A third of his catches went down. Mind you that he played one less game in 2021 1161 yards to 882 the big one eight touchdowns to zero yikes played all 17 games he didn't get in the end zone one time last year now there's a lot that goes into that right the Steelers quarterback situation last year was very up in the air and very turbulent all the way through the season. And then even when it started to even out towards the end, it was still a rookie quarterback who probably wasn't NFL ready at that point. Better better at the end. but Better at the end, but yeah, he was a rookie and he had to get his bearings. Kenny Pickett, I think, is going to be a lot better this season. I think that Steelers offense in general might be a lot better this season. Um, Hopefully they can improve upon the run game because that's going to be major for Kenny Pickett. And I think he'll also help out with that as well because he's you know speedy little white guy but yeah deandre johnson claypool's gone so that's like a little bit of relief knowing that you're still you know you're the wide receiver one but pickens is breathing down your neck right now all the hype is around pickens everybody loves this guy you see the only the only time you see a steelers training camp video is George Pickens making a catch. Have you seen anything else out of the Steelers? No, not really. No. Right? So I think Deontay Johnson is uh he has to come correct this year. The dropping also that he can't drop a catch this season, otherwise people are gonna rip him to shreds. I feel like uh he's got a lot of positive buzz about him in general, even coming into last year. I think last year more so because George Pickens wasn't really as much of a factor, yeah. but um now with him emerging a little bit more this year and Kenny Pickett taking another step, hopefully uh, year two for a lot of these younger guys and, and the Steelers offense, like I could see him getting an uptick. I, I would definitely look at Pickens like the guy who might eclipse him if, if all things go right for Pickens. Cause uh, he's definitely got that diva. Give me the ball, give me the ball uh, sort of mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll be curious to see how that plays out, but no, I, I like that first pick. I, I also have a receiver for my first pick, and I wonder if it'll be the other one that you alluded to. 
mm-hmm. on here. Um, this guy's a second-year player. It's not. Uh, Traylon Burks for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, this dude had the very unfortunate task of coming in and basically replacing A.J. Brown, yeah. uh, which is not an easy thing to do by any stretch. And the way the Titans did that trade, they trade you know A.J. Brown to the Eagles. He gets a big contract extension. Uh, Titans get the draft pick. They take Traylon Burks. Uh, he needs to come in and be at least as good as A.J. Brown which is such a high bar for him. And uh, what a whiff his rookie year is. Uh, I've got the stats pulled up here. He played in 11 games. Uh, I know he had some injury stuff going on, but 33 receptions for 444 yards, one touchdown. Hmm. I mean, that is not good. That not That is good. very poor production for a guy that you're hoping is going to emerge into a wide receiver one. I know that it's hard to, come on to the scene as a rookie and and carry that much weight but like at the same time you were picked at that spot for that reason a little bit and the titans maybe started dropping off a little bit last year you know how i feel about them coming yeah. into this year but i think it also says a lot that they added hopkins i know hopkins isn't what he used to be uh but he's still a damn good wide receiver and he's definitely going to take targets away from burks so I think I watched a, a, a interview with Burks back when they were flirting with signing Hopkins, like he was visiting the team and they were kind of asking him his feelings on it. He didn't seem too happy. Uh, he didn't. Wow. He did not seem like he really wanted DeAndre Hopkins in the building. I don't know if his temperature on it has changed uh, since since then, but uh, his attitude seemed a little bit more like uh, guys coming in and <laughs> taking care, you know, catches from me. So. Yeah, he's uh, he needs to have a little bit of a redemption here, and I don't know if it's going to be Tannehill all year. I don't know if uh, if Will Levis is going to get in the mix here, but we need to see some stuff from Traylon Burks in year two for sure. Yeah, it uh, it seems like he is a, a big standout uh, after two weeks at Titans training camp, uh, and I think uh, he he must have changed his tune. It sounds like uh, he's been able to kind of work with D Hop and and take uh take some advice in and, and work with him to kind of get better at his own game so it's it's a benefit to him really to have it him really there is. it's going to take coverage Absolutely. away he's an all-time great i mean yeah. i would try and embrace the positive and, and not focus as much on you know your your targets getting taken away d hop is also a good candidate for this as well uh, you know, he missed half the season last year with uh, that suspension. I, you know, I thought about it, but like right. he's already a Hall of Famer, so yeah. it doesn't it does but, not a whole lot of line for him, really. I mean, you, I mean, you you mentioned it though. I mean, I feel like people are starting to disrespect that name a little bit. Well, he's he's an I older mean, player. He's an older His player. stats dropped off a little when bit. He came I mean, back, when he came back last year, at Arizona when Kyler was still playing. He put up, I want to say, at least two, three weeks of very solid numbers, like performing at you know top three wide receiver numbers. And then he fell off, and Kyler blew out his ACL, and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm really interested to see what he can do with Tannehill, a good, solid quarterback that can stay healthy, can stay in the pocket, good, good throws, good, accurate passes, can throw the deep ball. 
Lucas giving his per podcast flowers to Tannehill as he usually absolutely, does. Absolutely, absolutely. Most disrespected quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. Um, so I'm really excited to see what that offense looks like moving forward. Uh, my other wide receiver, uh, Adam Thielen. Interesting. New team. Was kind of, you know, he's been falling off the radar after that great, what was it, 2020 that he had that season? I mean, he was great for a couple seasons up until Maybe then. Maybe it was but... 2019. Whatever week we opened up against the Cardinals and tied them, I think that was 2019. Okay. Um, he has not been that same player since, and duly noted because uh, Justin Jefferson is – Obviously, been the best wide receiver in football for the. He past exploded onto the scene and yeah. and took over as wide receiver one almost immediately. And they added Hawk, and they added KJ Osborne, and you know he's he took a back back seat in Minnesota. The numbers show it. Uh, you know, he played 13 games in 2021. He played 17 games last year. He had three more catches. He had less yards and less touchdowns, and that's missing four games in the previous season. So production fell way off, right? Yeah. He's going to a new team now. He's got a good head coach. He's got a young rookie quarterback. He knows how to develop chemistry with quarterbacks. He did with Kirk Cousins. Uh, if everything goes right, I think we could see a a, a, a renaissance, a resurgence of Adam Thielen here. I, uh, I, I see a similar situation here to when – and I know it was the Urban Meyer year, but the year that the Jags signed Marvin Jones to kind of be that security blanket player for Lawrence sure, coming yeah. in, uh, I, I think it's that kind of idea. I think it will be much better executed by a better head coach. And I think Bryce Young is going to be decent his first year. So I, I could see him having a little bit of resurgence. I just don't know what what his, like, he's not a wide receiver one anymore. I mean, maybe you know, maybe on that depth chart where there, there's not I, a whole lot I to work with. Maybe on that depth chart. But across the league, I mean, he ain't going to be a receiver one. I think this is about his ceiling at this point is like a flirting with receiver one. Yeah. Uh, he, He's 32. In so. his, yeah, I think he signed a two, three-year deal with, with them. Uh, and in his last couple of years in Minnesota – uh, the numbers have gone down, but like he's still been a red zone menace and he's still been getting, you know, nice red zone scores and he's, he's been sneaky good in some areas, but, uh, I'll be curious to see him in a new situation too. It's, it's crazy to think he's been a lifelong Viking mm-hmm. at this point. So seeing him in another uniform is kind of strange altogether because he was dominant for a while. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was the number, like arguably the number one wide receiver. He was Cooper Cup before Cooper Cup, right? That's a good way to put Which it. Which is crazy to say, considering how how not that long ago Cooper Cup came on the scene. So, uh, your next player, Al? Let's do a quarterback. Uh, okay. Because they're my favorite thing to talk about. Derek Carr. Yeah. He is in need of some redemption. And it's not just for last year. I mean, last year was, I mean, he got benched for Jared yeah. Stidham, yeah. right? And so, I don't know how much of that was actually his play and how much of it was, you know. Terrible play calling or terrible coaching or terrible Don't team. University running the show. Uh, yeah, I just I just feel like this is a big season for him, probably the biggest season of his career. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because he's making a, a fresh start somewhere and, 
a lot of I feel like a lot of his career we've been like, well, he's got John Gruden. Well, he's on the Raiders. Well, they can't draft. Well, he's got no defense. Like, mm, he's in a little different of a situation now, and he's got some weapons on offense, an old defense, but good. We hope. Do you think his situation is better or worse than what it was? I, the well, the, I was getting to my last point. I think it's better because the division is awful. Okay. That's so a, that's a really fair point. He, and he has a really winnable division with this roster, and uh, the NFC is open. So it's a big year for him to come in. He got his a nice contract. Not like top of the market, but he got a nice contract for a couple years. Yeah, I mean, like he just came off that fucking massive one, so who gives a shit with like quarterbacks, you're making buco buco money. Like your grandchildren will never have to work a day in their life. That's how much money you're making. So I mean, even if he gets like a middle of the road contract, he's still making just dummy stupid money. But I would just say for him, this is this is the contract. This is the year. This is the stretch here with like the Saints, where it's like this will define if you are a franchise quarterback going forward because if if he's not and if he kind of flunks out of this and doesn't work out uh i think this is the big swing right yeah he's he's i think he's north 30 now if not really close yeah he's over 30 i'm sure he is oh 32 okay a little older yeah derek derek carr is my uh is my first quarterback on here i'm sure i'm sure we'll get to the other one definitely a career defining year for derek carr absolutely uh, I'm going to throw a defensive player your way. Um, and this is a redemption season, not at his own doing. He got injured last year, week seven, blew out, you know, a pretty bad knee injury, if I remember correctly. And uh, But he was defensive player of the year, signed a huge contract with this team uh, last offseason. And I just feel like, uh, you know, while he didn't have a bad year, he needs to remind everybody who he is, right? J.C. Jackson for this uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Almost said Las Vegas Chargers. <laughs> um, that defense needs to uh, really solidify themselves, right? I feel like we always talk about that defense as being one of the best. Uh, but they never really show that on the field, do they? Yeah, somehow their games always come down to the wire, uh, and it's a very tight scored game. And But they have Justin Herbert, so that shouldn't even be a problem if you have a good right. defense. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like their defense doesn't usually win them games. It does feel like Herbert's the one bailing them out most of the time. And if he fails, then it's on Herbert and it's not on the defense. So J.C. Jackson, you know, defensive player of the year, was the best cornerback in football. But we see this this route that, or I guess I look at the route that Stephon Gilmore just took, right? Left left New England, went to what Carolina, right? That was his, his first, first job. job, I think. I think, yeah. And we we never heard from him again. Well, I mean, he's been okay, but not not it's the player he was three for New England. Teams in how long? Three Maybe years. Three years. Three four years. Yeah. That's not good. That means you are expendable as they come. Went from Carolina, got traded to the Colts, got traded to Dallas. That's not a great look. Uh, so when you look at New England, they're always producing these amazing corners. Tight end factory. 
tight end factory. Secondary factory. Secondary factory, really, right? McCordy's. you had, uh, I know that they didn't produce him, but you had Darrell Revis on that team. You had, um, who's the guy that made the? Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler on that team. You had Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson. You had. Deron Harmon. Deron Harmon. You had guys that were all pros, defensive player of the year, like best corners in football, best safeties in football. Uh, but with Gilmore, I mean, he left that system and then he went right down the tubes. I mean, you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, I guess. Well, I'll say with JC Jackson, why I definitely agree with this pick over a Stefan Gilmore, because like, like Hopkins, Stefan Gilmore is probably already got a, a bust in Canton for his yeah. time in New England, probably. So and he's also at the back end of his career, so it's like the pressure isn't really on that hot for him. But someone like J.C. Jackson, who signed a massive contract, Five and year, is, is, he's expected to be like the dog of that defense, like to carry that defense in the secondary, which I don't know how they can afford him, Bosa, Derwin James, Khalil Mack. I don't even know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he's he definitely needs to have more of an impact, and this Chargers defense on the whole needs to be better because – yeah, they can't just play the Matthew Stafford Lions game where they put Herbert in a hole every week and just try and make him work it out because it's not going to get you very far. It's not going to work. Uh, so, I don't know. You can't blame him for last year because, you know, he absolutely blew his knee out. But from what I can remember, I don't think he was doing anything sensational. He wasn't, you know, lighting the league on fire with his play. So, it's going to be really interesting to see. I don't think he'll – I don't know if he'll be ready for the season opener, but uh, hopefully he's not too far off. I, I heard, I read an article today that was posted back in June that he was on track for a, a good time with rehab. So that'll be interesting. That's uh, that's my last player. Who's your last player? Uh, so as I alluded to, uh, my last selection here is actually going to be a coach. I'm going to keep it on the defensive side of things because uh, that's the kind of coach he is. But I just thought this year was too interesting to talk about with him and can i take a guess yeah sure go ahead frank Wright. no um ron rivera no you got your two guesses that's it sorry fair robert sala oh new york jets head coach and Hmm. he's got so much pressure on him right now uh from the day that you flirt with bringing in Aaron Rodgers, that automatically boosts pressure. He's already there, or he is now there, sorry. Everything last year with Zach Wilson and how the season ended was abysmal. Like, this team was surging at the beginning of the year and, like, midway through the year. They were kind of kind of fiery. They had, two, they had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. On their roster, mm-hmm. Brees Hall was falling out. Yeah, I would say like, he was definitely the front runner up until that injury. And like they, they were finally looking like they might be something, and it it fell apart in such an epic fashion, like so quickly. And by the end of the year, that Jags game, that like that was unwatchable for the Jets fans. That offense was pitiful. I remember that. That defense uh, carried them most of the year. Yeah. But now it's it's they're in a little bit different a situation. I think last year they were coming into a year where it was like there were expectations because the roster 
was good and they finally had a nice young core and like they were ready to start doing stuff. And this year you've got, you definitely know you got a good core of players, a, a young core of players in the AFC. Uh, and like now you have Aaron Rodgers and now you have a bunch of expensive receivers that are veterans. And now you have like a fan base that is clamoring for Playoffs, Super Super Bowl, or bust. Oh yeah, it's it's not just playoffs at this oh, point. Yeah. It's like they need to go make a Super Bowl run. If if they fall short of of like the AFC Championship game this year, that's a failure for them. Yeah, I would 100 agree with that. So this dude, uh, I, I guess I don't even know if it's a redemption story. It's more of a it's a redemption story from last year and his first year because obviously that was not great either, but. He needs to turn this thing around and get it moving in a pretty good direction pretty quick here. Otherwise, uh, things are not going to be looking good for him for long. I'll say that. Yeah, they started out 5-2 and two last year, and then it definitely kind of uh, fell off the wagon. Uh, I mean, you lose both games to the Patriots, which shouldn't happen. You do beat the Bills. It's like you beat you lose to the Patriots, bounce back week, you beat the Bills. And then you lose to the Patriots again. I mean, even that Packers game was impressive at the time because the Packers were, we didn't quite yeah. know if they were for real yeah. bad or not, but and like they, they, going into Lambeau and winning that game was impressive. Yeah. That was a, that was a big statement win for them. And you know, you lose to the Vikings, who were pretty fraudulent. And then you lose to the Bills, which, you know, okay, I can see that. You lose to the Lions. I mean, we were red hot. You lose to the Jags, who were also red hot. Lose to the Seahawks, who were a good team, but I mean, come on. Uh, and then you lose to the Dolphins to close it out. You put up six points, six points, three points, 17 points, 12 points, 22 points. Yeah, off- offensively, n- no good. And three points. Yeah. I'll just, I'll leave it at this with Salah and why I thought he deserved to be on this list for redemption this year. I do think he's a good coach. Like that defense. Proves it. Sensational. And the, the, best in the, the two rookies from last year prove it. And I know the, the quarterback thing it fell apart, but now you have Aaron Rodgers in the building. And like, I think we can really see what this dude is capable of as a coach. I think he is going to be really good. He's finally got that piece figured out. So like, it's now or never. Because if it doesn't happen this year for them, as far as like at least advancing in the playoffs around or something, like, you know, it's not a good look, and I just wonder how patient uh, the Jets will be uh, with, with him after a third consecutive season of uh, missed opportunity, especially now more than ever. Yeah, they started off five and two, then they went two and eight, on uh, in, including a, a six-game losing streak to end the season. It's also uh, important to note that their defense. Uh, my God, did they let up the least amount of points in the NFL? They were really good for a while. They were really good. Second least amount of points next to San Francisco, who finished 13-4. and four. Uh, There's no way that their offense put up the least amount of points. No, but 296. I mean, your defense is letting up the second and the least amount of points in the NFL, whereas the first team finished 13-4, and four, but your team finished 7-10. and 10. I mean, that's a six-game swing, right? So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, 
Good pick, though. Did you have it? Who'd you have for your backup? Uh, we'll just I'll, I'll list it really fast because I want to yeah, wrap this up. To, I but talk about it. <clears throat> I, I, I had two. Curious. I had two backups on here. I put uh, Baker Mayfield. Couldn't resist <laughs> myself. Uh, and uh, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor. I think they both. <laughs> Baker's redemption story is long gone. All right. <laughs> well, that's kind of why I went with Derek Carr over him. So I had a, a duo one. I had Stafford and McVay. I like that too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk AFC and NFC East predictions. All right. Now we started out with the AFC last week, so let's start out with the NFC this week. Are you serious? Uh, NFC East, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. Uh, who are you starting out with at dead last? We're going. We're going with a hot, a piping hot take. Last year or first know. first year, I can't talk. I don't know if this is too piping hot. I'm gonna get. I, I I'm gonna assume I know what you're gonna say. I have the Dallas Cowboys finishing in last place. Uh, the win total might be the surprising part. I have them getting about six wins. This division is too good for them to keep up while they just keep losing players. And I don't know. I, I don't believe in Mike McCarthy. I believe in the Giants and the Eagles so much more than them. Yeah. I think the commanders might be a little more spicy than people are saying. Like mm-hmm. I just, there's no juice with this team for me. Yeah. And it's not just because they lost Zeke. I mean, who gives a shit? He played terrible last year, yeah. but they, they just, we, we talked about it in our offseason recap show. This roster did not get better. No, it's lots of band-aids for this year. Guys who are well over the hump and, uh, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in them, and they got a tough schedule. They always have a tough schedule because they got a lot of primetime games. I just don't think they're going to win as many this year. They also finished second in their division last year, um, so I'm not feeling too great about the fact that they have to match up with uh, us. They have to match up with Seattle, and they have to match up with, uh, uh, well, I guess New Orleans or Carolina, whoever finished second in that division. So, um I agree with everything you said, but I had the Commanders finishing six and eleven, uh, so very similar. But um, rookie quarterback possibly starting. If not, it's Jacoby Brissett. Um, I don't think they did a whole lot to make the team better. Chase Young is still, you know, is he playing with that team? Is he not playing with that team? Um, I think it was great that they re-signed or they gave the uh, extension to Deron Payne, but. Uh, I don't know. I that team just has no juice around it for me. Um, so I got them at six and eleven, but I do have the Cowboys at seven and ten. So well, we're we not far off. we did an exact swip swap then, even yeah. with records too, because uh, I'll just pivot to this seven and ten. Commanders number three uh, at seven and ten. A lot of the reasons that you said, but the reason I'm kind of giving them an edge on Dallas is because this year and we've been alluding to it, really is a make or break for Ron Rivera, for this whole coaching staff, for Sam Howell, even though it's only his first year. Right. Uh, there's a lot on the line for this team, and this is going to be the last year that they can keep this nucleus uh, defensively around, most likely. I don't think they're bringing Chase Young back after this year unless they find a way. But this, this team could look a lot different a year from now. So I think they're going to go out fighting, and I think that they're good enough to get a couple wins. I don't think they're, I think a bad team. I think that they're in the mix. Uh, I have more faith in them to step up and do something more than Dallas, but 
again, not by that much because I have them winning seven games. It's just it's it's tough with the other two in front of them. You think seven and ten is enough for a make year, or is that a break? They're, I'm saying they're trying to make make right. one, but that's where I see them finishing. Uh, Do you I, think that's a break year though? Yeah, where Rivera gets fired. Yeah, I mean that's not you're, you're not even close to a playoff spot at that point. So like, man, well, seven wins, seven wins. Who was the last seed last year? Right, it was I think it was an eight and nine team. So you're you're sniffing it, but like I don't know, especially in the NFC too. Okay, so it was actually nine and eight. Seattle got in at nine and eight. I just don't think a seven and ten campaign is going to inspire management who just bought the team to go. Yeah, let's keep let's keep on. Yeah, they they want to they want this thing to be turned around quickly, like back to their previous championship form thirty eight fucking years ago, <laughs> however long it was, a long time ago. Yeah, uh, I'm going to assume that we're also aligned here. Uh, Giants, I have them at nine and eight. We we are aligned on teams. I gave them one more win. I have them at ten and seven. They're they're a team that I think will surprise people this year. That like not like last year because last year everyone thought they would just be a bottom five team and and including us, right? And that there was no juice with this team. Uh, I think they're going to be even better than last year. Yeah, Saquon is going to go out there and and try and keep playing for a big deal. They added Darren Waller. They re-signed a couple of their core players. Like I'm feeling good about them this year. I think they they have all the room to grow and and I like their schedule. Uh, I don't know if I do. I mean, you get Dallas at home and then at Arizona, so that's a good two week start, right? Then easily on, easily go two and zero. Oh. Easily good, right? Uh, Dallas, that one's always squirrely. Um, then you're at San Francisco. You're versing Seattle, which I would say Seattle's a winnable game. And then you're at Miami, and then you're at Buffalo. I th- well, hold on. I think they're both winnable at the beginning of the year because San Fran is a team that finishes strong, but they are not a team that starts strong. That's Dude, d- Sam, Darnold, Sam Darnold might be playing quarterback for them. You know, Brock Purdy went undefeated down the stretch, and he was uh, Mr. Irrelevant. I don't so, think he'll be starting the year. I, I know, but I'm saying you could plug anybody in at that system, and that team is going to win games. I mean, for fuck's sakes, Jimmy Garoppolo won games with that team, and he played terrible. I That team is stout from top to bottom. Um, but Dolphins, Buffalo, those are really tough games. Agreed. You got the Commanders in there, which that's very winnable. But then you got the Jets. Raiders is winnable. They got a good stretch coming down the line. They got a real good stretch coming down the line. I mean, you go at Raiders, at Cowboys, at Commanders, at home against the Patriots, at home against the Packers, on the road against the Saints. I mean, those are all very winnable games, all of them. And then you're at Philly, which you're the fa- you're the favorite in most of those games. Oh yeah. Oh, so, yeah. and then you're versing LA. Which again, you, I would say very winnable, and then you're at home against the Eagles to close the season out. So uh, I agree. There's there's definitely a, a bit of a tough stretch at the beginning of the season, and then uh, it really opens up for them. So, so look, if you start three and one, and then you split for the next couple of weeks, and then you just go on a tear those last couple, yeah. you got a playoff spot, no problem. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and then finally, I have the Eagles at thirteen and four. Uh, I have them. A twelve and five, but 
while we were only uh, one game off with those last two. So I, I think we're in similar situations. I mean, this team is running it back with a lot of the same players, adding on additional guys that could be very good. Uh, secondary took, I would say, a minor hit in the grand scheme of things with C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, leaving. But for the most part, I mean, that team is going to be stacked top, top to bottom. My big question mark with them, because, yeah, I think they're easily a lock for I, at least the division, I think. I mean, they they proved it last year. They're, they're, they're an excellent team. The big question mark for me with them is just the running game. We, we talked about it a little bit. It's a, it's a pretty much reinvented back room, except you, you bring back Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, but you have DeAndre Swift, you have Rashad mm-hmm. Penny, like – uh, it's it's a different back backfield, so I, I think a lot of their success did come from running the ball well with Miles Sanders last year, and uh, I, we'll see if they can get back to the same level. DeAndre Swift could have been a guy on our on our redemption yeah. list yeah. for sure. He, I, would, he's I would definitely agree with that. Definitely in need of it, and a he's very injury prone uh, backfield, in my opinion, for sure. Right. But there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of problems with this roster, so it's it's pretty hard to you you look at the NFC, Eagles, Niners, they're number one A one B. Yeah, so 100%. it's pretty hard to not pick them to be at least the winner of their own division, if not the whole NFC. One hundred percent, could not agree more with that. Um, all right, switching gears, the AFC East, which is the Bills, Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots. I'm going to guess that we have the same team coming in fourth here. Uh, I'd be very surprised if, if we did not. So, uh, New England. New England, 7 and 10 nice. for me. Okay, fist bump. Nice. Nice. Audible fist bump to all the listeners who also have the Patriots going 7 and 10 this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're the Patriots. They're going to win games, but they're not moving the needle. They're kind of in the same group with the commanders for me, where it's like they are good enough and do have some stuff on the line this year to like go, go out fighting, but they are not good enough to hang with the best of this division. And maybe if they trade for Jonathan Taylor, which they seem to be a team linked to wanting him. And I don't blame them because they need something on offense. They need something besides Mac Jones, who is fine, but with zero actual, elite playmakers around him, you're not going to get a whole lot. Nope. Bill Belichick is the GOAT, so he, he is good enough for six wins by himself. Yeah. But the rest of this year, uh, the rest of the roster, AFC is tough. I just don't know. I just don't see them getting farther than this. No, I completely agree. Um, it will be real interesting to see if uh, Mac Jones kind of returns to that rookie form that he had because, I mean, he was not – great last year um well he had the most incompetent offensive play calling imaginable yeah with those two uh, is joe judge gone i believe he's gone yeah with those two boobs gone um, billy o'brien is calling the plays for the patriots so that's i I feel like that's a lot better it's a it's a massive upgrade yeah for sure so uh we'll we'll have to wait and see who can uh kind of carry that weight in offense uh in terms of um playmaking can i just can i just say with the rest of this division because i'm done talking about the patriots yeah uh this was really hard i feel like i gave out way too many wins i gave out i gave out a good amount here but they all in spots last year proved it yeah 
and the Jets with the caveat that they now have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so who do you have at third? I have Miami at third. Yeah, same. Ten and seven. Okay, I have them at eleven and six. They're they got to make the playoffs as long as Tua is healthy. That's a huge. That's the huge caveat. Caveat with them, but this team was electric last year for several chunks of the season, and Mike McDaniel is a super interesting coach. This team got better by adding Jalen Ramsey. I know he's going to miss some time, but there's a lot to like here, and they. Also have a good schedule, I feel like, comparatively. So, uh, Yeah, comparatively, because uh, they finished, what, third? No, they finished fourth or second, second in the division last year. So um, they get some teams that they should be able to beat. I think like Jacksonville, whoever finished up the Chargers, who I think they can beat. And uh, I think Baltimore, who I think they can beat. Yeah, all three of those teams is like a coin toss game for me. Yeah. But they could, they yeah, could win 100%. them. Like if two is healthy, I think they should be able to beat those teams. Um, yeah, Baltimore, oh Tennessee, excuse me, out of Jacksonville, which I think Tennessee is a lot easier. Um, yeah, I, you know, they they signed Eli Apple to help out with Jalen Ramsey missing time. So I mean, that's a decent replacement, not not a fantastic replacement, but a decent replacement. And uh, yeah, I mean, if two stays healthy, then. They should be good. They should easily win at least 10, if not more. This defense is excellent. Yeah. Tyreek and Waddle was a lethal one-two combo running game. We'll see. I mean, it was pretty damn good last year. And, I mean, they have just an abundance of running backs. I mean, they basically just took a San Francisco running back room uh, and have made it into San Francisco's running game. So, um I I wouldn't be shocked if they won 11 games. The thing with these three teams, I could see any of them being in first. Oh, yeah. They're all good enough, and they all are so strong in their own conference that I feel like any of these guys could go one, two, or three. But just going off of what we know now, uh, this is the predictions I have, I guess. I don't know. Uh, who do you have in second? This is the, you know, the, the real interesting aspect of this. Uh, second and first place between the Jets and the Bills. I've got Buffalo. <laughs> I've got okay. Buffalo in second place. I like that. Yeah. I also have them with a ten and seven record. I, oh, wow. I have them sp- okay. getting the the in show for the Dolphins. Quite a regression. But well, they they just uh, it's it's. I, I feel like last year was was kind of their year. Yeah. Last year was their year to go take the next step and make it to the Super Bowl because the AFC East was better, but it fell apart mm-hmm. down the stretch. And you really only had to worry about Kansas City and Cincy in the playoffs because Jacksonville wiped out L.A. Yep. And, like, the Raiders weren't as advertised. Like, they, they had a year that they probably should have tried to make the most. Out of, I mean, I know they did, but yeah. that was kind of their year for me to go out there and be dominant. And I think for stretches of last year, it was like, wow, they are the real deal. But... I just think everyone beefed up a little bit around them. And I think we've seen a lot of flaws with their offense and Josh Allen, like the amount that they use him and the offseason that they've had, besides adding Dalton Kincaid, doesn't really scream to me that they're going to change much. You know, I know it works for the most part, but like, what have they, what have they added to be like, 
they're going to be a lot different this year. I don't think they are. I think they're just running it back. Yeah, I, for the most part, you know, they they added um, they added Latavius Murray. <laughs> I mean, uh, what are we what are we talking about here? Are you serious? They uh, they got Damian Harris. Uh, they got uh, James Cook. Um, Isaiah McKenzie is now coming on to the team. Um, Jordan Phillips is coming back. Uh, Shaq Lawson they signed. Um, they brought in. I don't know, just a couple other guys. No, no, no big names to your point. Um, they lose one of their best linebackers. They lose Tremont Edmonds. They sign up Matt Milano. They made that decision. Um, they bring back Jordan Poyer and and the other safety that I'm blanking on. But uh, I, I agree. I, I you know they have not done a whole lot. I have them at 13 and five, uh, it, but in second place. Uh, it'd be 12 and five, not 13. Oh five. yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, 12 and five. Yeah. So, no, thirteen and four. Okay. Thirteen and four from both teams. Um, like they are, they are very talented, and they do have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and it has worked for them. So, like, yeah, they're absolutely good enough to to get double digit wins, be very close to competing for their division and getting in the playoffs. No doubt. I just don't see them this year as dominating and getting that number one seed or winning the division. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Well, let's just let's just rip the band-aid off and get into it then. Why do we think the Jets are the team to do it this year? Defense. I, I think it's one hundred percent the defense. Well, you can't say that a hundred percent. I mean you look at San Francisco and that defense was so utterly dominant that they took Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Jimmy Garoppolo to a thirteen and four record. And uh, NFC Conference Championship, where they literally ran out of quarterbacks to play. Uh, I 100% can say is 100% defense, but the fact that they added Aaron Rodgers to that offense just means that I think they're going to be a dominant team. But I have them also going 13 and four, just a better divisional record than the Bills. I have them at 12 and five, uh, which is a little worse than that record that you just gave them. Uh, but it is enough in my bracket to my standings to win the division uh, by two games. Yeah. I I do agree the defense is 90% of, of this thing, but adding Aaron Rodgers, who last year was, he had his problems, right? But the dude, the two previous seasons was the MVP of the league. Even if he's just above average at this point, it's a massive upgrade compared to Zach Wilson. I think he's bringing a lot of, I think he's bringing a lot of swagger to this team. They already seem like they already had a good amount, but I think he's just kind of putting them in the next level. I think Sala another year in, Sauce was a, a, a huge success. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. There's just so much to be excited about with this team, and like I feel like. Now it is time for them to live up to the expectations. They have had such a tumultuous last decade, 20 years of, of seasons here. This is it. This is your golden ticket this year and possibly next year, because that's how long you'll have routers for presumably. And uh, I think it's their time. So I I think they're going to get it done. I I don't know if they'll make it to the Super Bowl, but I think they're definitely going to win this division and, Make it interesting in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think this is the Jets' division to lose. Uh, to be completely honest, uh, I know which they are great at. They're great at doing that. Yeah, historically speaking. Historically speaking, one hundred percent. So I don't know. It is one hundred percent. You know the fact that they have easily a top three defense, if not the best defense in the NFL, and then they just added a guy who won back to back MVPs two or three years ago. So. Okay, before we get into the Lions uh, segment, let's just recap the uh, record predictions here. For the NFC East, I have the Commanders finishing 6-11, and Cowboys finishing 7-10, and Giants finishing 9-8, and and the Eagles finishing 13-4. Al, you have? The Dallas Cowboys finishing 6-11, and Washington Commanders finishing 7-10, and New York Giants finishing 10-7, and and the Philadelphia Eagles finishing 12-5. and and then for the AFC East, uh, we have the uh, or I have the New England Patriots finishing seven and ten, the Miami Dolphins finishing eleven and six, the Buffalo Bills finishing thirteen and four, and the New York Jets finishing thirteen and four. I also have the Patriots finishing seven and ten, the Miami Dolphins finishing ten and seven, Buffalo Bills finishing ten and seven, getting that little edge on the Dolphins for second place, and the New York Jets going twelve and five making their dreams come true this year. We'll see. Let's jump into uh, the Lions segment. Let's go Lions! Okay, now we jump into the Lions uh, preview for the preseason. Uh, We got a lot going on. Um, Lucas is actively refreshing Twitter to see if there was a big announcement or something. Uh, there is a lot going on online Twitter today. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around. A lot of the beat writers are tweeting out the eyeball emojis. And uh, there's a lot of speculation as to what could be uh, brewing in Ford Field at the moment. Um, I guess it would actually be Allen Park. but yeah. Allen Park, Ford Field, whatever. Um, but I, I don't know if it's going to be reported today. I, it's just really... Unfortunate that uh, we can't break this news on the podcast. Well, it's it's really um it's really great entertainment for the listener to listen to. Like, well, hey, the beat writers are maybe tweeting something. I think something is going to come, but I'm pissed that we're going to record this podcast and then uh, watch it come out like tonight or tomorrow morning or something. For the record, my money is just on a Jonah Jackson extension. That's about the end. Of Could it. be a Jonah Jackson. The speculation is that it's uh, either it's one of multiple things. It could be Jonah Jackson extension. It could be a Jared Goff extension. It could be us uh, trading for Chase Young or Aaron Donald or Chris Jones. Uh, I've seen uh, it's something as minor as getting Teddy Bridgewater to be a backup. Um, I don't know <laughs> why that would require the eye emojis is, is that's why I don't think beyond it's me. I think but... <laughs> my gut, my gut is telling me that it could be chase young. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. It's really annoying that, that it, it's not uh, son of a bitch. It fucking, it fucking is Teddy Bridgewater. What the fuck is this piece of shit? Wow, what earth-shattering news. Yeah, that's... Wow. That's, uh, really... What the fuck is this piece of shit? This has been a story for months. I mean, why is this a big reveal? Alright, so we're signing Teddy Bridgewater. (laughs) Um, Let's get into the preseason preview. 
Uh, so we're at home against the Giants, at home against the Jaguars, and on the road against Carolina. Here are some things that I feel like uh, we'll be able to kind of see, at least in the first game. Second game is usually a couple drives for the starters, and then the backups come in. And then third game is uh, no starters, much like the first game. RB3 battle, I feel like, is going to be a little bit interesting right now. I feel like it's Justin Jackson's uh, role to lose, but uh, we still have Jamar Jefferson on the roster, and we still have Craig Reynolds on the roster. but from what I've been seeing, I feel like Justin Jackson is doing pretty well right now. He, uh, I mean, he kind of contributed last year towards towards their hot streak. I remember that Giants game; he had like two touchdowns, and he had a couple nice games last year. I, I think Craig Reynolds is the guy we all want to see yeah. succeed, but it just feels like for the last year and a half, he's had a tough time finding getting a the field. just getting reps on the field, yeah. and and it seems like it's just not his his job to, to, to win. I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if it was him, but yeah, Justin Jackson being that RB three makes some sense to me. I, we definitely have the one two punch Montgomery and Gibbs. I, I don't think we're going to see much of any of them in the first two games, maybe the second game a little bit more, but uh, one thing to keep an eye on um, with the wide receivers is, you know, I feel like the wide receiver room is pretty much already set. You know, we have, Amon, Josh Reynolds, Jameson Williams, Khalif Raymond, Marvin Jones, Denzel Mims. But while JMO is out, uh, Dylan Drummond, an undrafted uh, free agent rookie, I believe out of Michigan. I could be wrong about that. Um, but he has been turning – oh, I'm sorry, Eastern Michigan, so even smaller. He's been uh, turning some heads at camp. So somebody just to keep an eye on to see if he ends up making the active roster. How about that dude they drafted on North Carolina in the last last pick, that seventh-round pick? Green from North Carolina, another guy. Another guy to keep an eye on. Um, how about the crowded defensive end room? I feel like that is going to be uh, definitely something to watch during preseason. Uh, we obviously have Hutch and um, – And now Chase Young. Yeah, well – Unfortunately, oh, just kidding. It's we just have Teddy Bridgewater, just Teddy Bridgewater. That's all we got. Um, but also, you know, uh, James Houston. But then we also we still have Romeo Cora, we still have Josh Pascal, we still have uh, John Kaminsky, and then I feel like the one that everybody keeps forgetting about is we still have Charles Harris, too, who led the team in sacks two years ago. Yeah, he just kind of down year last year, yeah, but I mean. A lot of these guys, they're very serviceable defensive ends. We have a lot of depth at this position. I mean, Romeo Cora came back off that torn Achilles and produced a couple sacks last year. Um, seeing where Derek Barnes and Malcolm Rodriguez fit in the linebacker core is going to be interesting moving forward. Uh, obviously, I, I am willing to bet that Jack Campbell and Anzalone will be uh, first-day starters, but seeing them continue to progress and, and get better is going to be really interesting. And then uh, the thing that I'm most excited to see is the secondary, right? Emmanuel Mosley is still not going to be ready to go by the time we uh, we get underway. So we'll be seeing a lot of Cam Sutton, Jerry Jacobs, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Will Harris, uh, and then for the safeties, Kirby Joseph, Tracy Walker. But God almighty, am I excited to see Brian Branch get Absolutely. in there. And uh, I've been seeing Melifamu a lot in training camp. So settle down to see him uh, get out there and start playing is going to be real interesting too. And then finally, the last little note I had 
to just keep an eye on is going to be the kicker battle. Saddle down. Forgot about that already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, prediction, score total prediction for the first preseason game. Ah, um, wow, that's really hard to guess. Because uh, they're always nonsense games. But... Yeah, and it's Nate Sudfeld and a quarterback. Um, 24-27 Giants. 34 wow. 24 Giants. Oh, so we both have them losing. I just you know you're not gonna win every game We're this year. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of faith in the boys. Lions fans. That's all right. Uh prove us wrong, Lions. Uh all right. BNL. B BNL, baby. All right. Uh let's go ahead. Let's close the show out. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to another episode of Great Iron Zero's podcast. Fuck off! Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter, Great Iron Zero's Pod. Um, next show coming next week, uh, maybe a little bit later in the week, since uh, I will be on vacation at the start of next week. Uh, but we'll be back to recap that Giants preseason game. We'll preview the Jaguars preseason game. Hopefully get some boots on the ground there. And then, uh, yeah, we're inching closer day by day. Uh, we're actually, did you know this, Al? We're exactly one month out from the season opener. Yes, fantastic. Some fantastic news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, lock of the week. Uh, my last lock did not hit. We're not counting it because it was uh, on the seat of your pants flyby knock of the week after I Preseason reps. Preseason reps. That uh, it wasn't going to uh, – work out for the record we're not counting this one either towards the official record but no we're not but here's uh, the lock of the week even though i went against this last week or in our previous segment lions money line uh against the giants this friday so there you go lock of the week plus 124 lions money line to beat the Gi uh, giants outright uh let's go in let's take care of business at ford field huh let's start the season out right i know it's freaking preseason but I guess they're just not used to scoring touchdowns. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will uh, catch you on the next one. Make good choices, make good decisions. Later.